All right, y'all. Uh, part three, hour three here on the Chase Most Podcast, the Thursday, June 9th, 2022 edition here on the Chase Most Podcast and the Blue Wire Pod Network. Still, the aforementioned Chase Thomas coming to you live from Knoxville, Tennessee, as we wrap, here, wrap up here, uh, hour number three here on the Chase Most Podcast. So, uh, thank you guys for sticking with me. And if you missed hour two or hour one here on the program, guess what? If you're subscribed to this feed on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or get your podcast, you can go check out the earlier uh, portion of today's show you can check out uh, my conversation with fangraphs john taylor and all things major league baseball and of course you can check out uh, my conversation with ben shulman on all things toronto blue jays of lockdown blue jays um so we're able to talk about all all, all kinds of uh, major league baseball on this edition of the show but uh to wrap up here full ride with matt green on all things college football uh we do this every thursday here on the chase most podcast so uh, always great to have Matt back on the show to talk about college football, the College Football Hall of Fame ballot, uh, Georgia's big recruiting weekend, Big 12 uh, betting odds for 2022, um, all that and more uh, coming up here on today's edition of the Full Ride on the Jason Moss Podcast in Hour 3. Hope you guys enjoy it uh, per usual and make sure you're following Matt on Twitter uh, at Matt W or Matt underscore W underscore Green and all that good stuff and keep up with his great uh, college football stuff over there. So, yeah, um, don't forget, folks, as we wrap up here today's Thursday, June 9th, 2022 edition of the program, that you're subscribed on Apple Podcasts or Spotify so that you never miss uh, any of our content uh, here on the Blue Wire Pod Network. Um, also, make sure you are subscribed to my sports writing, and you can do so by just typing your email, becoming a subscriber on sportsrenaissanceman.substack.com. Again, that is sportsrenaissanceman.substack.com. Uh, you can also tweet at me at chase double underscore Thomas, like the Facebook page at facebook.com slash chase Thomas writer. And of course, you can email this very program at chase thomas podcast at gmail.com all right college football coming up hour three as we close today's edition of the podcast thank you guys for, for uh making the chase most podcast part of your thursday and uh or whenever you're listening uh over the re- next couple days greatly appreciate you making the time for uh the show here on the blue wire pod network we greatly appreciate it uh uncle darren let's go Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right, we're back here on a Wednesday night here on the Full Ride on the Chase Thomas podcast, where fellow University of North Georgia alumni Matt Green is in the house, fresh cut, side shaved, hair long up top. He's oh, got the. It looks pretty shaved in the side. It looks pretty for the YouTube folks. They can see it. I think uh, just go back to the previous weeks and you'll see the difference. See Matt the Green's got it. Progression. <laughs> well, we've got uh, the University of North Georgia merch in the house. I think if I am That's not true. looking correctly, I'm repping today. There you go. Um, I'm also repping, but the grad school not. The undergrad, unfortunately. Oh, that, that's, that's a little burnt orange in this. Uh, is it in this light? Do you know what it is? It's the I have a green. I've uh, the fiance like set up this awesome. Like I'm a big light guy. For folks that don't know me personally, like Christmas lights, like that's my big deal. Is like seeing, like driving around and seeing different. He's a light guy. I'm like lights. What do you? What do you? Just really like lights. I love all kinds lights. of lights. Like if, if, uh, if there's nice looking street lights, yes, 
on a street, you like, you're like, oh, it's great lights. Right. Like I, I think that's a big, big thing for me. And no matter where I live, what I do, I just, I need lights to be a very strong fixture, pardon the pun, in my life. And <laughs> <laughs> Oh, wow. Great pun. I have no qualms about admitting here on this podcast, Matt, that our Christmas tree is very much still up because I refuse to put it back in the basement because I, it makes me happy when I'm watching stuff late and I'm taking notes on games and uh, writing away at like two o'clock in the morning that, or if I'm studying during the semester, like when I peer over and I see those colorful lights on the tree, just, it gets me going. Like I'm ready to move and I keep, uh, keep working. Like it's part of the grind for me. And it's one of those little things. Some people have uh, their own little pick me up. My pick me up is lights. I just love so lights. So it's like in the living room, like yeah. prominently displayed. Like no, it's, it's in the corner. December fifteenth, right now. Like... <laughs> it's in the same spot that it is during Christmas season. Yeah. Good stuff. Hey, I, you I, know, whatever makes you happy. I just uh, the fiance. We we had a whole back and forth about it, where it was like, she's like, "Is it going to be less sentimental or less cool come Christmas time if it's been up the whole year?" And I'm like. Yeah, it's going to be great either way. It's always great. Like, I'm always happy with it. Mm, she, I, she might be onto something, though. It might lose that special feeling it's got. Because, But, if you, you know, if you're getting that special feeling every single day when you see that tree, then, you know, let, whatever. That's a Christmas song somewhere, right? Yeah. Make Every Day Christmas or something like that. That's in, that's in one of those Christmas songs. For yeah, sure. like... Sign me up. Hallmark movies on Christmas, all in. Big uh, Aurora Tea Garden guy. Love their Aurora Tea Garden <laughs> mysteries. I, um, I don't know. Like I've just like I think I've just heard that in commercials enough yeah. times from just watching different things. I legitimately um, love those movies. They're uh, they're fantastic. They they're, they're just, <laughs> they put you in a good mood, man. I'm telling you, it life's hard, and you spend an hour and a half with Aurora Tea Garden, played by Candace Cameron Burr. You'll feel better, I promise. Oh, that's right. I've definitely seen those commercials. Yeah. Um, She's a Hallmark mainstay now. She runs that channel. <laughs> I have nothing to add. I'll see, uh, I'll see Monk on the Hallmark channel. Is that's Monk a, on there now? It'll be on there sometimes. I never uh, watched an episode of Monk. That's when I see those commercials. But see, like, oh, Monk yeah, was Monk like... fan. I could see that. But, like, Monk for me was... I think it came on either right before or right after Psych, and I was a big, big Psych guy with Sean Roday, and um, I never there? saw that, but it seemed yeah. like the same vibe. Mm, it seemed like yes. they were going for the same type thing. But um, yeah, I'm just a big comedy guy, so I've noticed that about myself. Even like the the non comedy genre stuff I like mm-hmm. will be stuff that like has laughs in it. Like Monk, it's like. Not a comedy, but it's like kind of a comedy. You know, I thought it was a comedy. Is it not? It's like it basically is. It's like if it's a mystery show, comedy, whatever you want to call it. But like, um, like Barry or something. You've seen that? Oh, nice Barry's show, fantastic. Right? Love it's Barry. It's like a drama, whatever you want to call it. But it's a lot of comedy in there. Yeah, too. I, I feel like that's saying. my kind of stuff. That's fair. Um, yeah, we're like making our way through the middle of season two of Succession. We're behind, and uh, man, it's bleak. Succession is just it's it's bleak, man. Have you watched that on HBO? No, I've never seen it. It's really good, but it's one of those like for like, and we'll talk college football in a second. I promise, folks. But uh, <laughs> the one show we tried, and I enjoyed the first season, but it's just so bleak that it was just kill. It was just bumming us out. It was Euphoria? 
where I just the darkness of all those kids lives and just where that show is. I'm like, I can't, I can't do this. This is just sad. I, I just feel sad every episode. Yeah. See, I, I don't watch stuff like that. I yeah. want to laugh. I want to be happy. <laughs> well, there you go. Uh, does uh, the fiance feel the same? Is she the same way? Is she pro comedy all the time? Honestly, she's just watching things all the time. Like just on her phone. Like, hold on. Be... Do you, is our, are our fiance's the same? My fiance does that all the time. She's constantly she watching, watching stuff West on her Wing? phone. Not the <laughs> West Wing. Tori is watching the West Wing, I swear, like four hours a day. Just like it's either on while she's working or she yes. just... It's an anxiety thing. thing, I think, because it's just, it's safe. You know what it is. You don't have to pay that close attention. And it's just a feel-good type thing to have on in the background. Yeah, no. Uh, 30 Rock is a common one for her or Arrested Development, okay. things like that. But yeah, no, all... All the time. She watches stuff on her phone all the time. Never done that, but until I met her, no, she does. She'll be sitting there in the blank room, or yeah. t- empty room, yeah. blank TV, watching her phone. It's like, what are you doing? I thought I, you were saying blank I room. TV, That's a little I'm terrifying. TV. A blank room situation where she's just sitting in a chair by herself with nothing else in the room and just staring at her phone watching uh Or reading on her phone, for sure. There you go. That's basically what she's doing. Interesting. Um, well, Matt Green, how many days until college football? How many days, sir? For mm-hmm. our loyal listeners that are listening to this first thing, once it's posted on one of mine or your Instagram story or Twitter, wherever you saw this on yeah. Thursday, there is 86 days until college football season. Mm-hmm. We're getting there. And coming up with the best 86 of all time, I was, I was struggling. Mm-hmm. Not many. Had to go with Courtney Brown. Hmm. Penn State, number one overall pick in the draft in 2000. Let's not talk about his pro career. It's not important. Yeah. What he, whatever he did in Cleveland. What he did at Penn State, he was a monster. Uh, first team All-American. All that. So, had to go Courtney Brown with 86. But also, started thinking here, 8-6. and six. Mm-hmm. Not a record you see very often, right? Yeah. 8-6. and six. It's kind of like a perfect scenario. You basically have to win your uh, division. You have to make the conference championship. So you go eight and four. To go eight and four and make the conference championship isn't likely. And then you probably lose the conference championship and lose your bowl game to go eight yeah. and six, that sort of thing. So I started digging and shocked at how many times this happened in the Mac. Like oh. <laughs> it's probably happened like ten times or so in the Mac huh. having an eight and six team. But three times they had an eight and six team win the conference. Hmm. Who do we have? It was Toledo, Central Michigan back one. in 07. Toledo is literally the team I looked up first to, guess, yeah. to see if they did it. But um, was Buffalo. It not the, it was, was it not them? No, they weren't one of them. Central Michigan 07, Buffalo 08. Mm-hmm. And then in 2019, Miami, Ohio, and Central Michigan both went 8-6 and six and were in the conference championship. So That's wild. I thought that was kind of crazy. The only Power 5 team to ever go 8-6 and six and win the conference do you think you can get this, sir? In the MAC or in general? No, Power Five. Power, Power five. five team went eight and six and won the conference. You got to tell me the year. Twenty twelve. Okay, give me a second. I'll be fair here. There's an asterisk. There's an asterisk. Is it because yes. some wins were vacated by the winner? No. Okay. They played in the conference championship game and they won it, but. Hmm, 2012. There's something like that going on. 2012. Um, 
Hmm. It, was it ACC? Nope. Interesting. Okay. Hmm. Big three, East? Was it Big East at two, 20? Were they still 2012? I'm trying no. to think. No. No. I, I have no idea. Like Colorado or something? Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Oh, man. The asterisk is mm. Ohio State went 12 and 0 mm-hmm. and were under probation or whatever. Urban Meyer's first oh, year. Oh, yeah. So that's the asterisk there. But hmm. Wisconsin went 8 and 6. They. It was when they dropped like seventy on Nebraska, like seventy to forty-five or something, like a crazy game. Um, but yeah. I have no memory of this whatsoever. You know, remember that? I th- I want to say it's the game where Taylor Martinez. Wait, I get him. Taylor, Taylor Martinez was, is it, the it, old it, school, yeah. one, right? Yes. Where he had like a ninety-five-yard run or something, where he juked like twelve hmm. people. Like it was just, it was insane. I was just like no, guys on the field, but he it was a it was a crazy highlight reel run, but um. Hmm. That's all I have for the eight and six. So I thought that was interesting. I was kind of surprised at how many times it happened. A couple times in the Pac-12, but um, no one ever actually won the division or anything. Mm. Um, other notable eight, number eighty sixes. Can you think of any other eighty sixes? I was just thinking about that. Like who Tennessee? Like I, nobody comes to mind. Eighty six. I mean, can you name a Georgia eighty six of them? I can name a Georgia one. One of the who? first few I thought. Um, Rainy McMichael. Randy McMichael was 86? He was 86 at Georgia, yeah. Hmm. So, Randy McMichael is what I wanted to bring up to you. I have another trivia question for you. Okay. Randy McMichael was a part of a very famous uh, play kind of moment in Georgia history. He was, like, keeping the fans off of the field. Hmm. The last time Georgia stormed the field in Sanford Stadium, who was the opponent? South Carolina? Incorrect. South Carolina in 2000? 2000. That's what I'm trying to figure out. That's why I was thinking in my head of like he was trying to, hey, this is embarrassing. around 2000 is when South Carolina lost like 20 games in a row. They like stormed the field after beating like UL Hmm. Monroe or something. Tennessee? Tennessee is the Mm -hmm. correct answer. Georgia did not beat Tennessee in the 90s. Happier times. And... 2000 broke like nine, ten straight losses to Tennessee, and uh, fans stormed the field, carried the uh, the field goal post, threw the tunnel out of Sanford Stadium all the way downtown. Hmm. It was uh, it was madness. Uh, the fans destroyed the hedges that night. That's you know, interesting. And, um, Georgia Georgia people don't take kindly to anyone destroying the hedges, so I'm sure they weren't. They so weren't, to, uh, so y'all have not stormed the field since. No, not since 2000. Because if, hmm. if you think about it, Rick got there 2001. Yeah. And then 02, George won the SEC championships. They've basically been maybe not an elite program, but they've been one of the upper echelon programs basically since 02. Mm-hmm. So they, you know, you're not really rushing the field once you're once you're a big dog. I feel like it. it like I don't know. It's just got to be a huge upset to. To, to rush the field. Like, Georgia beats LSU in, in um, 2013. Mm-hmm. So, like it's, a, it's a huge game, but you're not going to rush the field or anything. Like, A&M yeah. rushed the field when they beat Bama last year. Like, if Georgia were to beat Bama at home next year or something, their fans wouldn't rush the field. It would be I wonder if we win. beat Florida this year if we rushed the field. I, see, Just I getting, over the, getting over the hump, kind of like what you're talking about in 2000. The drought isn't there, though, right? I mean, they won. I mean, it's bad. 
what is the t- the twenty first last... century Georgia or Tennessee Florida record rivalry? Are we is going to Josh Dobbs? Is that the last time um, Tennessee beat Florida? I think so, but I could be wrong. Let's see. The last time he won was yeah. So Florida won eleven straight from twenty two thousand five to two thousand fifteen, and they've won currently the five straight from 2017 to the present. So that 2016 with Dobbs, that's the only, yeah. that's the only win in the last since Oh five Oh four. So we've won one time since Oh four. Oh man. So that's what I'm saying. It's not going to, they're not going to be ranked higher than Tennessee though. That's the only thing it's, it's, it's a big, it's a big, it's a big, uh, whatever you want to say hurdle to get over, but yeah. I don't know if it's field rushing like material. Like even if Tennessee's like 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 what I've talked about their best case scenario and they start the year like five and zero and like if they start their five and zero and Bama's five and zero in Neyland Stadium like they could be ranked number seven at that point. But if you beat Bama like Bama, there's no question. The there's like, no question. Yeah, there's no question. Bama, there's gonna be there's I, I just the chaos in downtown Knoxville if that were the case. Oh my God! We don't have to be undefeated at that point. If you just beat Bama at home, it just—it would be unlike anything I've ever seen. I'm here in for it, man. I think it would be one of the better stories of college football if it happens. Here, I'm here for it, man. Um, the college football 2023 Hall of Fame ballot came out, sir, and this is right up your alley. You're a CFB historian expert, so you're able to see like, oh, Josh Heupel. Wow, another way to add to his recruiting. Mastery is he's a Hall of Famer in college football because people Ooh, forget he, he won a national title, huh? I don't know if he's getting in. Do you not think so? I'm just looking at this ballot, man. It's and I'm disappointed in myself because I knew you were okay. gonna say I was like a college football Hall of Fame like kind of expert or whatever here. You literally work there. I know. I don't know exactly how many people get in on the ballot. Like I know you see that MLB ballot come out every yeah. year. Like you get like ten votes, I think, or maybe eight. I don't know. It, it states clearly how many you're allowed to vote for. I don't know how many. There's a hundred. There's eighty players on the ballot. I don't mm. know how many they're actually allowed to vote for. Mm. I feel like they only put in like ten players a year or so, fifteen. So I, I tried to kind of find it, but I, I wasn't really able to. So I'm just looking at the dudes that are locks, just like unquestionable locks, like Eric Berry, mm. Justin Blackman, two-time Bolitnikoff winner. Reggie Bush, Work Done, Paul Puslesny, I think, was a two-time Ben Eric winner. Kajana Carter won the Heisman. Julius Peppers was dominant. Tebow, Peter Warwick. Like, those are all, I feel like, locks to me. Like, those are kind of like college football legends. But then it's like, yeah, Michael Bishop, Tim Couch, yeah. Dwight Freeney, Garrison Hurst, Janikowski. I think Kevin Butler might be the only kicker in the College Football Hall of Fame. But... Huh. Janikowski was like a legend. Like I feel like if, if kickers Aguayo, are good, though, if we're gonna put somebody in, Aguayo was what was his record where he was just I mean can't miss for years at Florida State. What was Aguayo? Wasn't he a better college kicker than Seabass? He could have been, but Janikowski was a first round pick. That's right? true. Maybe maybe that was a but bad that doesn't decision. matter. I don't think that has anything. Well, that doesn't but, have anything to do with the voting. No, like it's all sure. college football only. Um, for sure and they also have like Derek Johnson I think he's probably a lock like I think he might have been like a multiple time All-American at at Texas Ryan Leaf Ray Lewis Hmm. Marshawn Lynch Kellen Moore 
Antoine Randall L. I would probably put in the College Football Hall of Fame. D'Angelo yeah. Williams, I think, is like fifth or sixth all time in, in in college football rushing yards. Like he's he's way up there on that on that list. Like, and then um, I'm probably leaving out multiple dudes too, like Haloti Nada. Like, there's just a bunch of ballers on this list. I'm not sure how many of uh, how many can actually get in. There's usually not more than like. I mean, a, they have Rhode like Island quarterbacks in here. Tom Erhart from 1985. I have no idea what that. Like this list is crazy. The amount of well, people. Well, they also. I should have sent you this PDF. It's a. It's a little more organized. I'm not sure what you're looking at. But, yeah. Um, I'm looking at the football they foundation. They also have the D, like the the D two players or like yes. other division, like Ashley Ambrose. I know I saw on there. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of Villanova guys on here. Like, I couldn't tell you about a lot of these guys, but... Um, well, that's what I want to know. It's like, who is going... When they're doing the voting, they're like, man, I remember 1985 Villanova. And let me tell you, this dude, he had it going. He's a Hall of Famer in college football if I've ever seen one. It's like, no one watched any tape from 1985 yeah. Villanova. It's kind of cool being in the the third floor, the uh, the rotunda, I think they call it, um, yeah. where the actual Hall of Fame is. And because I would, like, working up there, you just kind of be killing time you just be looking up random players and it was kind of cool you just look up you're like who the hell is this guy you're like oh wow this guy's three-time all-american he said this so-and-so record like okay he's, he's so they have tight. everything in there oh yeah it, it's the real i never went like even when i was in the city i never went gotta go man yeah and um parking's just not a fun thing over there where do you park <laughs> there's nowhere to park over there i mean you, you got an uber Take your own risk in, yeah. in Atlanta. There's a parking deck there too. Yeah, just uh, it was it. it was the whole parking thing for me. <laughs> that's a that's a deal breaker for you. Yeah. But um, the coaching like criteria for coaches to get in, it's it's so weak. I guess it's because like you know coaches are kind of like institutions in, yeah. in college football. Like that you could be somewhere like you are the program for for 20 years or so. Um, so just like looking at the coaches. Um, Hot take here for you. So, Uh-oh. Paul Johnson and Mark Richt, I think, are, are guaranteed to get in. Like, if we're talking like a real Hall of Fame, like Mark Richt, I feel like it's like the equivalent of like a Jerry Sloan or something, right? Like, he's still going to get in. Like, people mm. respect him as an all-time great coach, even though he never won a championship. Paul Johnson's got that uh, Division One AA resume too, with the George Southern years and everything. Is Eric Russell and on the maybe, list? Um, he's not on this list. He, he might be in the hall. Of, he might be in the hall of fame. Because Eric Russell, man, he started the George Southern program and then yeah, immediately won the national title the, like the next year. For sure, yeah, I would think he would be in the hall of fame. But here's the hot, hot take I got for you. Also, before that, like Larry yeah. Coker, he's not in here, by the way. Who Larry Coker? No, or, Eric, Eric Russell, Russell isn't. Mm-mm. Yeah, he definitely should be. He he created that that program. Mm-hmm. Um. Like Larry Coker, like should he no, be in the Hall he's of not fame? in there. Like, no, hopefully not. Ralph Regan, it's like it was respectable. What he yeah, did you're for solid. You're just not a Hall of Famer. Like but you did a solid a job at Maryland. Yeah. Frank Solich, is mm, he a Hall of Famer? No, but really good. Great career. Like he he just like that man got won for a little bit at Nebraska and was playing big time football. It was like I'm just gonna go to Ohio and just hang out for 20 years and be solid. Was it a great career, though? Yeah, Frank Solich had a great career. Frank Solich, this is the hot take. Oh, no. Leave him alone. Frank Solich may be the guy who killed Nebraska football. I'm just he is gonna, an all-time 173 and 101. Say, I mean, he... Can I, can I show you the, the five years prior to Frank Solich being at Nebraska? Okay. 
The Huskers went 11 and 1, 13 and 0, 12 and 0, 11 and 2, 13 and 0. Your boy Frank Solich takes over. He went 55 and, and at 58 and 19. He, but look at that program he just took over. What did they go 60 and 3 over the He got like Bo Pelini. He went 9 and 3 and got fired. But Bo Pelini came years after. Frank Solich inherited the powerhouse. He's no, but I think like Frank Ryan Solich Day was on the watch. Up. He's like Jon Snow. He was he was on the watch. He was on the wall at the tail end of the Nebraska dynasty, where like players just like it just was far more difficult to win titles there. Like that's when it shifted. The early two thousands is when it Maybe shifted. Maybe it's him though. Maybe he like because look, he went. What is happening? Like said, just really he went nine and four, twelve and one, ten yeah. and two, eleven and two, seven and seven. 10 and 3. Got him out of there. Okay. They were lo- they were winning like they were losing like 0 to 1 games a year. Like the level they were at and yeah. then Frank Solich I think he probably got ran off. I don't think he was doing I don't think he was like, "Hey, he's doing well in Nebraska, but he's just he wants to go to Ohio instead." I don't think anyone would ever make that career. He won decision. 9 games at Ohio a billion times. No, and I respect what he did at Ohio, but like I don't know. That's I'm a Ohio. Frank Solich guy. That's... You're not going to get me on this. So, yeah, maybe Frank Solich, he's a borderline Hall of Famer. Frank Solich, welcome on the pod at any time. <laughs> Matt Green won't be on, don't worry. Yeah, so have, have the man who murdered Cornhusker football on the pod. Unbelievable. <laughs> no. Unbelievable. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think that's interesting to see who ultimately gets in, but... Bishop is like folks. If you don't remember, like peak Michael Bishop and Darren Sproles and that team, whew, that was that was a team. Michael Bishop was so much fun. Him and L. Roberson Sproles was after Bishop, though, right? Was Sproles with L. Roberson? Yes, L. Okay. Roberson. That's so who the was team. with Bishop? They're the one that beat Oklahoma. Yes. Uh, in the Big Twelve Championship. I remember that. But I'm not sure who the who the running back on that team was. Hmm. Because they, I think they finished. Was that? Bishop was the Tennessee's team that was, they should have won the national year? title. Like, that was when they were good enough to win a national title. Was that That's, 1999, Kansas? I think it was State? 1998. Okay. Um, see. Yeah, because I think that's when there was a crazy final day of college football where the UCLA played Miami. Yeah, they went something. undefeated in the Big 12 and 11 and 2 overall. And they finished, what, like number two, number three? Uh, where did they finish? Final number nine, it looks like. Oh, wow. Hmm. Oh, that's who would you guess was the defensive coordinator in 1998 for Kansas State? Oh man, is it someone I should know? I'll give you a hint. He is still coaching, but not a head coach. I don't know if I could even come up with an educated guess. Mike Stoops. Mike Stoops. Not to be confused with Mark Stoops. Where is he? I'll give you one guess. His his brother at one point, right? His that's true. He was the head coach there, but. I'll give you one hint. His brother runs the program. Oh, he's at Kentucky? Yeah, he's the inside linebacker uh, okay. coach. Oh, I think yeah. I did know that, actually. Yeah. Um, also, yeah, that's another crazy thing. Last thing on Frank Solich bashing. Um, <laughs> 2001, they lost to the national championship game, got absolutely mm-hmm. smoked by maybe the greatest team of all time. Yeah. Oh, I'll give him a pass Hurricanes. there. Uh, for sure. They finished ranked eighth in the AP poll. That's weird. Lost in the national championship game. Finished ranked eighth. But I think it was the computers, I think, had them higher 
than the, the AP BCS had him higher than the AP b- before. Yeah, before the uh, championship game. Huh. Um, but yeah, what a weird so, time. Fun fact for you. Yeah, what a weird time. The Joey Harrington uh, era of college football. There you go. Um, Sam Pittman gets an extension through 2026 at Arkansas. What do you, what do you make of the extension and the long-term commitment to Mr. Pittman? Captain Hogg. Gotta love it, man. I feel like no one in the world has a bad thing to say about Sam Pittman. And I'm not going to be the first to say a bad word about him. I feel like he just fits in so perfectly at, at Arkansas. Like, There's like, a path to him being the best Arkansas coach of all time. Yeah, honestly, there is. I, who is it right now? Is Broyles? Houston Nut? Houston Nut? I, I think they got an old school. They got some old school success. Yeah, in it's there. probably the guy who's named the field's named after. Um, or their award is named after. Yeah, so I think Frank Broyles, I think did was the head coach at Arkansas for like their their. Oh yeah, he was one forty nine and sixty two. Yeah, it's still oh yeah, Frank. big time. Yeah, I think Chad Morris. Like those years were just so bad. It. Yeah, it just completely warped everyone's perception of what Arkansas was. It was like, yeah. no, Arkansas has been a respectable program. Like the Houston Nut years, like you're talking about, multiple conference championship appearances. The Bobby Petrino years, they were making a, they made a Sugar Bowl run in there. Like they've had plenty of successful like history as a program. You know, as much as the '98 year, were they number one when they played Tennessee? They might have been when they went to Knoxville and lost. They were oh, in the that top ten. Where the dude fumbled? Yes. The, I don't know. I don't know if they were number one. I think they was were it up Tennessee there. Number one or Tennessee? Maybe Tennessee was one, and maybe they were three. That's a possibility. I know that was like a top five matchup. I remember that. Okay. I'm not 100 percent sure on that. But they finished yeah, nine and Arkansas three that year. Arkansas is a good program, and it's like Sam. It took Sam Pittman like getting back, and they're like, "Look, we're not some." joke of a program like we we have a legit history and it's just good to see it honestly i would agree i would agree um louisville they hire an ad full-time josh hurd who's been uh their interim ad i'm curious to see what happens there because i mean it's always been a basketball school basketball first it'll always be basketball first um they hire kenny Payne this offseason but now that he is given the full-time reins and that there's no question. I wonder if that's part of the reason Scott Satterfield is still there is because he had the interim status for a while. And now that he's locked in, what does this mean for Louisville? How do they uh, figure out their athletic department? Because I mean, they're a really good baseball team. They're still in the super regionals. We'll see what happens. They're no Tennessee in terms of college baseball right now, but no one, no one is. And people forget that. But, um, Oh, speaking of did, are you, are you watching Georgia baseball this this weekend? Are ah, they in, are they in the docket? No, no. I couldn't even I couldn't even watch it while they were playing. Why? I was I the I don't know. This ESPN Plus giving me all <laughs> kinds of issues. Said one signed into my cable provider. I don't know. I was just like watching it on like I just kept refreshing. Look it at Boomer he, Matt Green. He's like I don't they, understand these technology. No, I, yeah. I understand it. This was mm-hmm. a. I, let's be honest. I didn't try that hard. It was yeah, like Georgia baseball. Is like, I want to watch it. Oh, can't watch it. Ah, let's try for a few seconds. Ah, whatever. I'll watch yeah. something else. But um, yeah, they were. I think down four, like in the ninth inning of that elimination game. I think hit, scored three runs in the top of the ninth, but then uh, lost by lost by a run. So that's I a shame. Very little attention to the uh, college baseball. That's a shame. 
Um, back to the Louisville thing, though. I'm curious. What do you think? Do you think Scott Satterfield makes it past this year? How many games does Scott Satterfield have to win to keep his job at Louisville? I feel like he should make it past this year. Like, I'm not – like, he hasn't been great or anything, but I'm not really sure – it's a strong justin fuente vibe from vatek where it just feels inevitable this what is this year four this will be 2019 is when he started 2019 2020 yes year four this will be year four like Mm. i don't know like i feel like if they go seven and five like are you really gonna fire the head coach like i don't know like what what are your what, what are your realistic expectations going into the year for louisville like I mean, they went six and six last year, and they went four and seven in the regular season in 2020. And then they won eight games in the first one, but they went seven and five. He's never won more than seven games in the regular season after three years. Louisville, I just think you can be better at Louisville. Like, we've seen it. We've seen with Lamar and with Petrino. Like, especially if Jeff Brom is seriously interested, I don't know. I would bet. See, that's that's uh, an X factor that could. Mm -hmm. He, if, if you know he's interested, then that might kind of change things. But I don't know. I feel like Lamar, that's a that's an outlier. Like, Bobby Petrino, he can win at Louisville. No one else seems to be able to win in Louisville. So I don't Charlie know. Strong won for a little bit. But that's true. He was only there for a couple years, yeah. too, right? So that's fair. Louisville, the Petrino years are definitely consistent. Eight, nine wins mm-hmm. here and there. So... I don't know. You have a lot of you have a lot of worse years too. So I don't know. I I just always, I like Scott Satterfield. So mm-hmm. I don't, I just he's not a guy who I would I would call for his job. But I think if they're in a bowl game, like I couldn't I wouldn't see them firing their head coach. I guess if they if well they their schedule sucks seven. this year. Their schedule's rough. Um, they open on the road at Syracuse. They go to UCF, Florida State at home. South Florida at home, at BC, at Virginia, at Clemson, and at Kentucky. They get Clemson, NC State, Kentucky the last three games. Guaranteed, that's, so that's what I'm going to say. I'm saying guaranteed Satterfield's out. I think they lose those final three, and that's just like a bad taste where it's like they they go on a slide in the last three and lose faith. Yeah, you, you, have, to, you have to be 7-1 and one or something at mm-hmm. that point to lose the final three. And, it just sets and... a bad, like we just saw with South Carolina, it's like, oh, forget about whatever happened at the beginning of the season in the middle it's what we did those last couple weeks were wow turn the corner yeah it's just fans for whatever reason it's not what it 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 just you just forget like what it was like early they care how you finish it matters so much more in a lot of these instances how you finish versus how you started so i don't know we'll see falcons that's what they've been doing doing for decades holding on to coaches for too long because they because they finish the season strong hey and that's just not good process. It's like if you if they're not the guy, they're not the guy. Just move on. It shouldn't be those end results at the end of the thing. Pro, I'm a big process over results guy, as you know. Um, UGA. They uh, they had a big recruiting weekend. You brought out the white uniforms. Don't like those. I hope those don't become a thing. I know they confirmed it this week that those are not going to be on the field, but it's just more of like a look uh, for guys to to take videos in and that's just like the new thing that everybody does but i'm not really sure why you have a bunch of uniform options that you're never gonna wear but um but yeah i'm just a firm believer you just don't change the helmets like there's certain teams that can get away with changing the helmets but 
the all white. I'm I would I wouldn't mind seeing the all white one time, but with the red helmet, like I think hmm. like that would that would be fine. Didn't realize Georgia actually wore all white one time hmm. back in 1999 at Did Tennessee. They? Yeah, I uh, was it white helmets? Up. No, just red okay. red helmet, white jersey, uh, white pants. But um, was this a Quincy Carter year? I believe that would be a Quincy Carter year. Hmm. Um, oh wow, I have n- I do not remember this whatsoever. That's wild. Yeah, because I remember a game at home where they also wore white pants around that time too for, hmm. for one game. I think an LSU game uh, that same time. Um, but hmm. yeah, it's it's weird. I said that about the black jerseys for years. Like where everyone loves wearing the black jerseys. Let's just rock them once once a year. It's not that difficult. But um, but yeah, it's all the recruits have the the all red, the all white, the black pants. There's a bunch of stuff that Georgia you just know isn't gonna rock in the games. But um, yeah, this recruiting visit, visit uh, this weekend for Georgia was massive. Like it's basically Arch Manning going on tour uh, for these next three weeks. Uh, Georgia last week, Alabama next week, and then I think Texas the week after that. So bunch of five stars just following this man wherever he goes. I know there's a bunch of five stars this weekend going to Alabama on this visit. So it, it seems it seems like Georgia's definitely in the hunt with Alabama getting um, that quarterback, uh, blanking on his name right now, that quarterback commit like a week or two ago. You'd have to think this is really just a Georgia-Texas race for Arch Manning. Mm-hmm. But um, even other than him, um, Justice Haynes, like five-star running back out of uh, – he was at a Blessed Trinity, Veron Haynes' son. Hmm. Um, Veron Haynes, another throwback Tennessee game. Great great 2001 game. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't remember that one. It was a classic for Georgia. Um, but he's actually going to be at Buford next year for his senior year. So mm-hmm. he's a big-time five-star running back. You have to think Georgia's got the inside track on – a UGA legacy like that so he's also a big time baseball player so hmm. there's a chance he could play baseball but yeah there's just so many five stars at, at Georgia this weekend it's who I'm sure it's just gonna be another number one number two class uh, when it's all said and done who's the most underrated who is there this weekend that you want oh man I guess he's not underrated I'm blanking on his name uh, let me pull up the guy who's commis- committed to Michigan, um, linebacker. That is the guy that I feel like this guy's just going to be a dude. And I, I just feel like George is going to flip him. He's from Tallahassee. Mm-hmm. Um, let me see if I can find... And the Knowles didn't, didn't get him. Yeah, he's from, I think, Lincoln High School. Let me... Raylan Wilson, there you go. Hmm. He's a 74th ranked player in the country, four star, six two two thirteen. It's just, I feel like that's just the classic modern linebacker, just like barely over two hundred pounds when they come in to get into college, and then they're yeah. two twenty by the time they're playing. But yeah, that guy's a stud, and um, yeah, Lincoln High School, Georgia had some success. I've had a couple guys out of there over the years. No, Reggie Davis was from there. Hmm. Um, but yeah, that's a big time program. Hmm. Well, it was about time y'all caught up because we did the whole Rocky Top Palooza the previous weekend, and uh, we were just at this point with 
the operation we've got running, we don't have to hype it up of like, oh, look out for this weekend. It's more of like, yeah, Brad, Chindavian Bradley will be here, Vic Burley, Nico, Francis Mayaga. Like, it's just, you're just expecting five stars to be all around uh, the University of Tennessee campus. I will say, I'm pretty Oh, nervous. believe me, Arch Manning, that was a huge weekend last weekend, but George's mm-hmm. going to have more five stars next weekend and the weekend after that. Kirby, that man just never sleeps. I mean, for me, and like I think every Georgia and Tennessee fan should want this, is Arch to wind up at Georgia and us getting Nico versus Arch and Nealon. Just the Manning factor of him being a dog and just how that would go. Because, I, I mean, it would be brutal. Like, I don't even know how that would go for him and what the reception would be. I guess because Peyton would probably be there, it would probably be nice. But I don't know. Does he play a villain role? I mean... It can't be that nice, right? Like it's he didn't choose Tennessee, right? But this it was never on the radar. Freeman. I think it'd be different if he was ever considering it. Where I think Tennessee fans understand, it's like you don't want to be the guy who follows Peyton, like at Tennessee. Like you don't want to be that guy. No, that's fair. But it's like he hasn't done anything. Like this isn't Peyton's son either, right? You know, so it's like he's he's provided nothing to the university of tennessee so True. they'll they'll boo the hell out of him this is do you think Freddie so Freeman i don't know for sure at, this isn't Freddie freeman coming to truest park it's like okay you're part of the enemy but damn it do i respect you when everything you did for this franchise you know you can't boo Freddie freeman i think acuna could boo Freddie freeman from the dugout no acuna's got no beef with Freddie freeman He's okay. just like, he's a grown man. I'm not going to miss him. He's playing for a different team. What are you, what are you talking about? I don't, I don't, I don't miss him. Like mm-hmm. I miss, I don't know, sentimental things, not just some other baseball player. Speaking of Michael Harris, he is a treasure in the outfield right now. Big Michael Harris guy. Oh, I think yeah, he's going to be really good. I'm excited about him. Marcel Azuna just, he, he can't play another, another game in the outfield. Like it just, we just don't have a choice right now. He, he just needs to, he needs to stay at the DH. I mean, him, Duvall, Heredia, like, it's just not not a lot of great options right now for that extra spot. I don't know. Uh, the Braves are winning, though, right with now. With Harris? I feel mm-hmm. like with Harris, it seems to lock down, though. Like, if it, if he can continue, because you got Duvall, Harris, Acuna every night, but obviously... I mean, Duvall's barely Acuna, hitting a little bit now, but... They give Acuna those whatever days off here and there, so... Well, maybe when Rosario comes back, he... He flips the flips flips the script a little bit because he had a really really rough start, twenty twenty two. So we'll maybe see. Maybe you can see now. Yeah, maybe. Um, well, it's the next week for our big t- or for our conference FanDuel projection, the betting odds that have been released per conference. We have done the ACC, we have done the Big Ten, and we have done the SEC. Correct. That is correct, sir. Yeah, so all we have left is the Pac-12 in this, so we'll do the Pac-12 next week. But, um, Matt, the Big 12, I think it's the most open it's been in a really long time. And I'm curious to know if you shared the same sentiment because right now the betting favorite is Oklahoma. And Oklahoma is a slight favorite over Texas, but those two are the strong favorites to win the Big 12 uh, this year. But, man, I'm telling you, like, if you told me seven months from now that it was, it could have, like, you could, you just tell me it was one of these teams, I would not bat it. I would just be like, oh, that sounds about right. Oklahoma, Texas, Oklahoma State, Baylor, Kansas State, and maybe Iowa State. I would not bat, like, I would not be surprised. Like, that would not blow my mind. Half the conference, I do believe, can win it next year. 
I really you do. Didn't even name my sleeper, man. Hold on, who is your sleeper? Because if it's West Virginia, I'm I, I can't. West Virginia it. Mountaineers, oh, JT Daniels and Graham Harrell's offense. Watch out for the Mountaineers now. Okay, just, just watch out. So They're the team to, I yeah. would take if I'm just going for a lottery ticket, right? Like, mm-hmm. what was it? Plus two thousand. I mean, they're like, the best bet, probably. Of the, I, no, I, I don't think, I don't think so. I think Kansas State at plus eighteen hundred is the best. Like, I would actually put a pretty healthy number on it. Like, I would throw would a fifty. I throw fifty or hundred. I would say Oklahoma State or Baylor feel like the best bet to me. Like, you just don't win really as much in terms there. Of winning, I, Kansas State and West Virginia seem like that. Yeah, whatever you want to. Low risk, high reward type play, but um. When was Oklahoma the last time the big State, they seem like they should. I, they should be the best team in the Big 12. Like It feels like Who? they have the fewest question marks. Oklahoma State. Hmm. Like, Oklahoma just, I don't know. I feel like we have this perception of just what they always are, and I don't know that they're going to be that this year. Like, they, they lost a lot on offense. Like, you know, they obviously got Gabriel coming in and um, offensive coordinator. Uh, you know who I'm talking about. Often, Levy, yes. uh, offensive coordinator. Jeff Levy. So, Obviously, that's big for Oklahoma's offense, but and then Texas is just that ultimate wild card that they could literally go eleven and one or five and seven, and we have no idea. So Texas just seems like such a gamble, and so at at barely at barely worse odds than Oklahoma, Texas just doesn't seem like a good bet. Like yeah, they seem like they would be a like a a sexy pick for like being like the fifth best team in the Big Twelve, but I think everyone thinks that. And so now they're the the second highest or second lowest odds. So I would probably, if I'm really trying to win my money and not just playing a little lotto ticket, I would probably put it on Oklahoma State. Here's something I want to throw at you. I'm going to do, so from this list, I want you to tell me who has never won the Big 12, who's currently in the Big 12, who's never won it. Who would you guess? Who has never won the Big 12? Got to be West Virginia, right? They are one, yep. Um, oh, there's multiple ones? Yeah, there's multiple ones. Oh, so Kansas has never won. That is correct. Um, Iowa State? That is correct. Has never won? Is it just those three? Nope. One more? This will surprise you. I bet it's TCU. TCU won in 2014 with Gary Patterson. Damn, I was going to say they shared it that one year. Is this the year they shared it? It may be, because 2014... Yeah, no, 2014 was so the right. first year of the playoff. No, hmm. that is when they shared it with Baylor, because the Big 12 got greedy. Oh, yeah, it is Baylor. Yes, Baylor also got Baylor it. won head-to-head. It was like, yes. we all know how it works. Like, yes. We all felt like TCU was the better team, mm-hmm. but Baylor beat them head-to-head, so they should have been the Big 12 champion. Instead, they like kind of bickered about it. You're like, you know what? We're just gonna put Ohio State in the playoff. <laughs> Forget either yeah. of you guys. Um, so, oh, so I guess if it's not TCU, then it's got to be Texas Tech. That is correct. Texas Tech has also not won it. Uh, okay, man, I, I should have got that the first time around because their their best year was obviously that year where they were probably finished third in the in the in the Big Twelve South, right? Where yes. all three teams lost like one game. Well, and then we should throw this out there. Oklahoma State's only won it once, and that was in 2011. And then yeah. okay. uh, uh, Kansas State's won it twice, 2003. Who is, uh, who's, is that Brandon Whedon, or is that 
Zach Robinson? Who's that? That might be Zach Robinson. I think Whedon was more recent than that. 2011 Oklahoma State. That's a good question. I think it's Zach Robinson, but I could be wrong. Zach Robinson may have been gone because Zach Robinson was there. Todd Monken was there. He was the OC. So I think this may have been Whedon. Let me see. I'm pulling it up right now. Um, Dead air. Well, you're throwing me on the spot here, man. I'm I doing did. what I can. It is Whedon. You're right. It was Whedon. Okay. That's probably Justin Blackman and mm-hmm. I think on that team. Okay. So that's their only one, though, huh? That is their only one. Like, they're definitely in the playoff, I think, last year. If if they if they get one more inch on yes. that on that play there at the end where I think they get in the, the playoff over Cincinnati. I but don't this is know. why I think Kansas State's a great gamble. They've won it twice. 2003 and 2012 it's not like they don't have a history um uh, 2003 and 2012 we're going way back there hey you know it, 2012 they won the big 12 hold on i just figured it out 2003 2012 that's almost 10 years what is 10 years ago this year 2012 20 2022 i'm telling you if folks. it was 2002 and yeah. then 2012 I, i'd be in there with you what if that was something that. that would be a great thing if some team did that and they then their, their best player is deuce there you go on top of all of that that would uh that'd be would it really stuff. surprise so, you year three chris Kleiman with adrian sure martinez and 2012 in 2012 they did who's on that team Hmm. That's the one that the quarterback that the rant. That was when they were in the Orange Bowl, right? Yeah, they were in the Orange Bowl that year. Okay. Wow, I would not. I think he's now the Fiesta Bowl. Fiesta Bowl, Uh, yeah. To Oregon. Okay. Wow, I would not. Eleven and two finished top ten. I would not have thought that they had a a top ten finish in the last decade. To be honest. Yeah. Kansas State always loved. Always been a low key Kansas State fan though. Um. Isn't that always, weird though? I if you're say, like always a had fan. a soft spot for Kansas State. Great uniforms. Mm-hmm. Some of the best uniforms around. Classic. They know what they are, and they uh, they don't they don't mess with it. And always respected Kansas State for that. When would you guess was the last time uh, Texas won the Big Twelve? Oh man, is it is it two thousand nine? It is two thousand nine. Wow, we got to go back to Colt McCoy. Like, Texas has quietly not been a factor in the Big 12 for over a decade. Yeah, for sure. Like, it's, uh, it's been a while. That's insane. It, it's been Colt McCoy ago since uh, Texas has actually been back. Like, you That's would like think. I see talk on Twitter that it's like, why would Arch Manning go to Georgia? Kirby doesn't know anything about quarterbacks. Sarkeesian knows quarterbacks. Texas is yada yada. It's like Texas has been garbage. Like yeah. they should be better. Like it feels like they're they they're getting better, but they're also one of those programs where like desperate for them to be better. Yeah. So every time they show a sign of polls, it's like Sam Ellinger's famous words. You know, it's like oh Texas is back. Like Miami's back every time they they start to show something. So. It's like there's just certain programs we just desperately want to be good, and Texas is one of those. And but that's why I'm still I'm still like apprehensive to go all in on Texas. Like we've we also seen just this need before. a quarterback reevaluation. Where these quarterbacks, I want to sit them down because one of the dumbest things we still see is these quarterbacks who commit to these big schools. It's like Malik Willis went to Liberty, Kenny Pickett went to Pitt. 
Um, you look at these picks, like Carson Strong, like Sam Howell's at North Carolina. You go up and down the list. Like North Dakota State has produced two top five quarterbacks in the last decade. You can go anywhere. It does not matter. Jared Goff was a cow, went number one overall. Cow! Like, it just... I think it's so silly when these quarter like when I see it, I'm like, why do you want to join this crowded quarterback room with talent everywhere? Like you can go get, you can be the number one overall pick anywhere. If you're good. But if you have talent everywhere around you, it makes your job. Jared Goff didn't have a bunch of talent around him. Of course, but Tua was also a top five pick. True. And then Mac Jones is a top 15 pick. Yeah. And then Bryce Young is going to be a top five pick. That's true. So, Ohio State has also had multiple top mm, five. But a lot of them haven't picks. worked out. JT Barrett, Cardiel Jones. A lot of them Jones. haven't worked out, but they've gotten the NFL. That's like that's that's on you once you get to the NFL. They're they're setting you up, loading talent around you and everything. Yeah. You you can see why you'd also want to go the, to those. Well, I guess my whole thing also, is like. So if you're an alpha like that, you always have been the best quarterback, and you don't really comprehend going into a, a scenario where you're not the best quarterback on the team. That's just funny to me because, like, my mindset's not like that. If I was a five-star <laughs> high school recruit, I would not even check off Same. their schools. I'd be like, no, I'm going to go ball out in the group of five. I'm going to go to, like, somewhere where I can just put up bonkers numbers and just be really good. Like, what's your team with Graham Harrell? Like, fun vibes. Like, there's no expectations. You can just put up numbers, and it's fun. Like, Well, now you're familiar with the, the loan system in European soccer, right? Yes. So for those listening that aren't, you big clubs will literally loan players to smaller clubs to get experience and play and mm-hmm. and then they'll come back like i'm i'm worried that that's what could happen in college football like georgia alabama look at this kid and they're like you know in two or three years i think you could have <laughs> what it takes we don't have the scholarships for you right now go down to western kentucky <laughs> get some reps play every day see some get some on field experience and then 2 years from now we'll have a spot for you like that's what could literally happen in this no transfer wild no sitting out transfer wild wild west we have yeah i don't know we're i just don't want to make any predictions on any of this cuz it would nothing would surprise me at this point everything is on the table and just who knows day to day i i don't know but it is interesting. Like, if you're a Kansas fan or, like, Texas Tech or Iowa State, it's funny. We talk about Iowa State. It's, like, made this great progress. They still have never won the Big 12. And Oklahoma State, it's like, Oklahoma State has just been this fixture. And Mike Gundy has been awesome for so long. It's like, he's won the Big 12 once. One time. This is why Jimmy Johnson left and went to Miami. Is He had those conversations where he's like, dude, we're a top 10 program at Oklahoma State. But, like, this, for whatever reason, is not sustainable. Like, you can go win a national title at Miami. You just can't. At, at, in Stillwater, it just kind of sucks because I don't you... know that I'm not ready to say you can't though. Oklahoma, okay. Oklahoma's been a a powerhouse. Like, so right. you do have this one powerhouse. Like, obviously, they've gotten to the playoffs. Well, I think Oklahoma and... has to fall off then. I mean, that could be part of. They it. need a bad hire. Oklahoma State needs Oklahoma to go on probation or a bad hire, <laughs> like a really bad hire. That could be part of it, but like, there's a bunch of ten win seasons under Mike Gundy's belt. Like, I yeah. think Mike Gundy. He's proven what, what he is. and That's what I'm saying. It's not a shot at Mike Gundy. I'm saying he's been great for a really long time, and he still has one Big 12 title to show for it. Just no, one. That's that's fair. Um, I just I, – I don't want to say can't. He just hasn't. Like, it's I, strong I Mark Stoops vibes. Where, like, Big Kentucky's 12, never going to win it. Ever. What is the Big 12 going to look like in four or five years, though? Like, mm. 
if this is it could still have the respect if BYU and Cincinnati come in and kind of just stay these level of programs that they are and they're UCF kind of and competing Houston too, consistently though. in the top 15, 20. UCF too, for sure. Like if this is a respectable conference, like Oklahoma State could be the class of that conference. Like I, mm-hmm. I think they definitely have the best tradition of all the teams left. I think it's, I don't really think it's even close to you of, of the teams that will be left in the Big 12 outside hmm. after Oklahoma and Texas leave, like Kansas The best State, tradition. What do you mean? Just just the overall who they are as a program, just traditionally in the last 20, 30 years, like even hmm. recent history. like I guess the so. Whole, the total package. I feel like Oklahoma State, it's better than You could tell me on Baylor. TCU. Like they've had good seasons, but I, I, don't, I don't see anyone that's yeah. – got really the ceiling that Oklahoma State necessarily has. Like, I feel like it's a little higher. It's like l- slightly lower than Oklahoma and Texas, but it feels higher than all these uh, all the rest of the Big 12 to me. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. They were just a big Des Bryant, Zach Robinson fan. I feel I like also did... I, I was a big they, – they looked really cool in that era. I'm going to say it ends with like a big 16. I think Memphis and like South Florida also come. I think it's going to be something like that. Gotta get Boise State in that conference. Boise State's just such a small school. I think that's the problem is they have a really small enrollment, and uh, probably true. I don't think the money is there, like the facilities. Like they would have to get a bunch of fundraising. They would have to do a bunch of stuff to be able to keep up in the Big Twelve. Like they would have to just raise like, a guys, lot of money. We would lock down this Cheyenne Boise <laughs> market up here. Right? Yeah, this is a lot of money up here. I would go after Colorado State. Like I would just bring them into the fold. Um, Colorado, I see, I don't feel like Colorado State's on that level. But see, I feel like they could. Colorado State's just one, and I, I feel like could go, be bigger. I feel like if you're trying to get that next tier of basically what Central Florida and all those teams were, I yeah. feel like you go like San Diego State. Or but like that's they Fresno don't feel like Big State Twelve. They feel like Pac Twelve. Geography is out the window. True. We don't care about geography anymore. Like that's a, we got Central Florida, West Virginia, and TCU all in the same conference right now. We don't we don't care about about geography. That's got true. Missouri in the SEC East. We don't care. Hmm. I don't know. We'll see. Um, give me your early June eighth prediction. Who do you think wins it? Hmm. I I just feel like Oklahoma takes a step back. Texas Same. I feel like they're not a good pick. I would not touch Oklahoma and Dylan Gabriel's health and just the amount of turnover they had. I would not take that at all. I don't think it's Oklahoma this year. I agree. I feel like it's gonna be Texas and Oklahoma State in the hmm. Big Twelve championship. I'm like I said, like I'm kinda leaning towards Oklahoma State. Like Spencer Sanders is like I don't know, he's average. But yeah. I just I, I trust Mike Gundy. And just hopefully he doesn't have to play against Baylor too many times because I think he threw 75% of his interceptions last season against Baylor. (laughs) I think it's going to be Texas, Kansas State. And I think Kansas State beats Texas. And Twitter is a hilarious day when Kansas State beats Texas, when Texas is almost back and loses the Big 12 title game to Kansas State. But I always hate that that sort of Twitter activity. Like... Mm -hmm. Like teams that didn't make the conference championship talking smack <laughs> to the team that lost the conference championship. It's like, yeah. you're not even here. Like, what? Are, why are you even talking? You know? So I don't, 
I could de- people are probably going to troll Texas if they lose to Kansas State. But if Kansas State wins, then they win the Big Twelve championship. They're obviously yeah. a good team. Um, but you know, you know, Deuce Vaughn is my guy, so I wouldn't hate to see that. I um, I think for the Big Twelve for their ratings purposes, they want Texas in that game. They hmm. they want Quinn Ewers to be a Heisman candidate. They want the Big Twelve to be back in, in that way. Interesting. All right, Matt Green, uh, we can find you on Twitter, Matt underscore W underscore Green. Uh, keep up with all your great college football content over on your Twitter feed and everything else. Uh, you got your posters. You keep adding to the to the studio. I like it. You're you're adding more and more each week. Well, yeah, these are obviously uh, temporary here. Um, not a, not a permanent place, but mm. I was like, just got it framed, so I need to uh, flex the, the the great year that was 2021. I, sh- I should probably get Stafford up there, too, while I'm at mm. it. Like, I mean, Stafford has been my guy. I would have been more special if it was the Lions, um, but, you know, I got to rep Stafford. But, no, I don't have the framed newspaper for the, the Rams winning, but got the Braves in Georgia back here. So, um, yeah, man, got to rep the hardware. Also, fans and their Stafford, man. He's our guy, man. It's also, so Spencer Sanders threw seven interceptions against Baylor. Seven of his 12 interceptions last season came against Baylor. That's wild. <laughs> yeah. That's wild. Um, Matt Green, four always, picks. Yeah. Four picks in the, uh, in the Big 12 championship, and you lose by an inch. Like, throw three interceptions, and you probably win the game easily. Poor poke fans, man. We support you guys. Keep keep being in great pokes. And uh, maybe this is the year. Maybe this is the year. Oklahoma down a little bit. So, I think it could be. Matt Green, thank you as always. And I will talk to you next week. Yes, sir. All right, y'all. That'll do it for the Thursday, June 9th, 2022 edition here on the Chase Ones Podcast. I uh, appreciate you guys checking out Hour 3 here on the program with uh, Matt Green as we do the full ride at this time uh, every Thursday here on the Chase Ones Podcast on the Blue Wire Pod Network. So I appreciate you guys for checking out our college football discussion and all that good stuff. Uh, make sure that if you enjoyed today's uh, episode of the program that you leave us a five-star rating and a review on apple Podcasts or spotify if that is how you tuned in today you can get us wherever you get your podcast so make sure you're subscribed to get uh, all of our daily content over here on the blue wire pod network um, make sure that uh, you check out my sports writing at sportsrenaissanceman.substack.com and become a subscriber today that would be great and greatly appreciated um, you can check out the homepage, page chase Dot com. Check us out on YouTube. If you're not already, make sure that you are like and uh, you, you're subscribed and you're liking our videos over on the YouTube page, youtube.com. Type in the Chase Must Podcast. You'll find us there. All kinds of great video content, clips, episodes, all that good stuff over there. Um, tomorrow, another jam-packed show on our uh, on our Friday, June 10th show, but uh, still a jam-packed week ahead of us. So look out for all of that here on this feed and uh, keep a lookout. So yeah. That is all I've got for today. You guys have yourself a great rest of your Thursday, and uh, I will talk to you all tomorrow. I'll go there. How'd I do? Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah.